Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Holy smokes, Brian Kelly says Bob Benkin is like flying an iPhone. Are you serious? A rocket ship? Oh, you should see the buttons in front of me. I could, well, if I hit the self-ejection seat, out the door I go, land out in the park outside here a little bit. But so far, they haven't told me which one it is. That's usually operated by the producer, Samantha, over there. If I say the wrong thing or get behind skit, boom, off I go. But flying an iPhone? Oh, man. Well, I... I don't think so. I, I don't think I can fly a rocket ship. Scott Mosby here. We are in hour two of the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Uh, we are rolling around into, you know, the hot months. You know, we're into now August. We're into early August. Where did that go? Yeah. I mean, we're we're sniffing around to, you know, the really hot months here, July and August. And then September's supposed to cool off, but sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, kids getting ready to go back to school. So, you know, watch it. If you're out there driving, pay attention. We're about to get a few more pedestrians out there running around for school buses, walking to school. Uh, you know, parents taking kids to Please, please be aware. It's not worth it. Keep your eyes on the road. Pay attention. Make sure you know what you're up against. Likewise, with kids going back to school, if you're thinking of projects around your home, kitchen, bath, room addition, whatever it is, even repairs, and you want them done before the holidays, now is the time to get started. Sounds kind of odd, but it's not. If you want a voice to be included in designing whatever that repair is, whatever that room addition, that project, kitchen, bath, new roof, windows, siding, whatever it is, you know, it takes a little time in today's economy to... First off, pick out what you want, work with the people that can help you in selecting colors, color coordination, products, appliances, floors, uh, traits of floors, hardness of things for ankles and knees and hips in a kitchen and a bathroom, uh, on a roof, what the longevity of the roof is, what the color fastness, whether you want some of that uh, algae-resistant roof shingles. Now we're into the Tesla stuff with solar panels on roof shingles. Yeah, you think about that. Uh, so it takes time to design and put together the right package for you. Or you just tell somebody to do it and they do it, but you're not really sure what they're doing. That, that's kind of my thing with it. So start now. Get a jump on it if you want time. And, and frankly, um, you know, I know for us at, at Mosby Building Arts where my day job is, uh, we can go faster than you. But your decisions and voice coordinations and the interactions, that's what takes the time. And if that gets sped up too much, hurried because you waited too long to get started, it's, it's the consumer that takes the hit. Uh, or the products don't get selected early enough to get them ordered and scheduled and all that. Make sure you get started now. So if you got any, if you got designs, a kitchen, a bathroom, any kind of a complex project that has a lot of colors, get started now. Get get going. Uh, you know, uh, we've got some seminars at Mosby coming up on various things happening. Uh, September coming up here, uh, Lodge of De Pair, September eighth. So that's about a month from now, uh, 10.30 in the morning on a Saturday, September, custom bathrooms. And then in October, lower levels, and uh, that's also at October at uh, 
Lodge of Pairs, uh, Lodge of Pair. Uh, check out uh, callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y for those uh, various seminars. Let's, uh, uh, let's see if we can sneak a phone uh, question in here uh, before we get going. Uh, D- Juan, are you there? Scott Mosby here. How can I help hour one or hour two? Hey, Scott. How are you? It's uh, nice to hear from you. Nice to talk to you. Love your show. Thank you. And um, I have a, a two-bedroom home mm-hmm. uh, with the dining room and, of course, living room uh, together. You know, the dining room is off to the right. Living room is there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put in the BTU uh, air conditioning system uh, in the window a window unit to, you know, cool off the front. Okay. The back always stays relatively cool, uh, but always a problem with the front and even uh, with the air ducts and so forth. Um, uh, you know, it still gets hot when we get up and then, you know, it's going to be a hundred degrees a day and 96 yep. or whatever. Yes, and it's, it's going to be miserable. And, uh, you know, I know, know a lot of people are in homes that are, you know, in the 1910s, uh, 1920s, 1917s, uh, that have these kind of homes and, uh, want yeah. to find out your, your, uh, your, your talk about that. Well, when you get to the 1910s and 20s, uh, forced air heating and cooling was still a little bit new. I mean, it had been around for a while. Uh, the uh, the ductwork, both supply and return, were undersized, too small to handle it. Uh, the houses were under-insulated at that time for the most part. And when you get a big room like that, uh, you have to put a lot of supplies in and usually a lot of return airs, both of which you're probably short on. So getting a bigger... Um, furnace or air conditioner is like getting a bigger heart, but you're still stuck with all the same veins, arteries, and and small vessels to get the the air moving. So it's the ductwork usually that's too small. Uh, I like your idea of a point-of-use air conditioner, a window, or a uh, split system. You know, you have a couple of systems that are unique to that room. Uh, I think you're on a good plan to add the cooling exactly where you need it. Um, you know, window units are not the most uh, quiet or attractive things, but by golly, they're right there where you need them. They sure are. And, and expense-wise, uh, maybe a lot of people out there are thinking about, well, isn't that going to run uh, the bill up? Or, you know, expense-wise, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, from, but well, for the money, I think it's well worth it. Well, it's going to add expense because you're adding comfort and to cool in extreme situations. Whether you know, think about this: Do I turn down the thermostat and cool the whole house when I only need one room cooler? Uh, so, I mean, are you going to you know cool the whole thousand or two thousand square feet? Are you just going to cool the three or four hundred square feet of the you know great room combination living dining? So, I, I like a point of use cooler, especially for supplement like this. Exactly, I do too. I thought thought that was the right, right way to go, you know, so I wanted to hear it from you. Sounds good, Juan. I think you're on the path. Hey, I love your show. Keep it up. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye thank now. you, sir. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Man, we are one more hour. Rick Edelman coming up at 1 o'clock, and then the business of family business here on KMOX, 3 o'clock. Health Matters, Fred Bottomer, presented by SSM Health. That's at 4 o'clock. And then the pregame show hits cards time, 510. Ameren Total Access Show, 510. Uh, and then 605, the cards and the pirates here at PNC Park. Lots of things happening on KMOX. Stay tuned. We are.
Camel X, <laughs> so are you. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement. We are going to a uh, uh, caller. Been very patient here. John, thank you for holding. You are up. How may I help you, my friend? I hope I haven't put you to sleep. Hello, John. Uh, No, I've been listening and uh, learning, and uh, I want to let you know that that injection button is the one to the far left. Don't push it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Uh, far left. Now, which side, righty, tidy, lefty, uh Oh yeah, it'll left. always it'll always be to your left. Always to my left. Uh, it sounds like you've got a little experience there. Uh, yeah, I've been injected, <laughs> uh, ejected. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but good, good, good afternoon to you. I have a quick question. Uh-huh. My wife and I are looking at a house that we uh, are very interested in, but I noticed as we were walking through the basement, the uh, about four blocks down. Mm-hmm. The wall has started to bow. Yep. And there's, you can see a little space between the mortar joints. And so I was wondering what we're looking at there. Well, I know what we're looking at there, but approximately uh, what are we looking at to get that fixed uh, prior to the purchase of the house? Or is it worth really, you know, going for well, uh, first off, you're not alone. There's a ton of concrete block foundations. And in this part of the country, when the soil gets wet and then the soil gets really cold when it's wet, it freezes like ice. Ice water, mm-hmm. when it freezes, expands. So that's from freezing soil outside, pushing on the foundation sideways. And that's called mm-hmm. uh, bowing, in bowing. Uh, Helitech handles that all the time. Uh, you are basically... Uh, buying somebody else's problems. So your responsibility at this point is to have somebody like Helitech come in and look at that foundation and have that be part of your uh, buyer's home inspection um, okay. and and then negotiate around the price of that. It's very important that when you do this, if you choose to buy the house, first off, it is fixable. Uh, you're basically buying the warranty. Uh, so you're buying the company, a name matters, because when you go to okay. sell the house, likewise, you know, that that's part of the assurance that it's been handled correctly there, John. So uh, okay. good question. You're not alone. Uh, it's St. Louis. Uh, it will be a big reinforcement. There'll be, you know, some steel things that spread out that pull. They probably won't pull the foundation back. They basically hold it typically where it is. Sometimes they can pull it back, but you'd have to talk to, with one of the, you know, Helitech consultants on that or, or other foundation companies. I'm not pushing Helitech. I just know that they do good work. So, Yeah, I, I looked at it, and I've already contacted them to come out and take a look at it on the 23rd, I believe. Perfect. So, uh, hey, thank you so much, and uh, we'll wait on the 23rd. Right on. Hey, good luck, John. Congratulations and uh, good call. Now's the time to, you know, lift the hood and see what's cooking. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Bye now. Now the left, the ejection seat is on the left. Oh, I think it's the other left. Oh, wait, let's go back to something I know. Let's talk to Dee Dee. Hey, Dee Dee, Scott here. How can I help you? No injection, no ejection seat questions, but how can I help you, Dee Dee? Okay, well, at church, we had a new flagstone patio put in. Uh-huh. A new flag going in, and we had a... Well, anyhow, somebody let their kids put, like, 
I don't know what the Skittles are chocolate. Uh, oh. Like, and they stumped that into that concrete and those flagstones. I tried to straighten down on it, and I can't get that stain to come out. Oh, man. First off, flagstone is nothing more than a, it's a sponge. It's a very porous stone. Um, so your flagstone patio, is that what it I is? I don't, well, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a bed around the flagpole, and I, have, I don't know what kind of stone it is. It's okay. square, different size of square stone. Okay. Um, you're in trouble, as you needed me to tell you that for sure. Um, well, he's straight down like they use all the ducks in the oil fields and in the intention. No, th- this is something you're, uh, you're going to need some fairly nasty solvents to do this. Uh, number one, uh, scrape off anything that you can with a putty knife or something so that there's oh, not... It's all, it's, all been, it's all been scraped off and scrubbed. Uh, scrubbed, okay. The next thing is something like a goof-off, uh, a solvent. This is some pretty nasty solvent. What you're going to try and do, that, those Skittles are like bubble gum, and so you're trying to melt this rubberoid latex-like compound and put it back into a semi-solvent. Once you get that done, you still can't get it out. This is a poultice situation. Remember how you'd have a, a wound and it would get infected and then you'd put kind of a poultice of a powdered material on that would draw that in, infection out uh, old time. A PRID salve, P-R-I-D. I'm an old carpenter, so I had, you know, uh, splinters and such. So you need this solvent, and then you need a poultice and a plastic bag over it that keeps rain and water from diluting it, so it draws that out. I'm not real optimistic. Even if this works well, you're probably only going to get about 60% of it out, and Mother Nature over the next three, four years will do the rest for you. Okay. Yeah, I wish I had better luck for you, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, kids have been decorating the world for, you know, eons. They, yeah. st- they still well, are. I told, the people, I told the people at church, I said, the only one I know is to call Scott on KMOX. Yeah, well, the, the concept here is a solvent that will melt that material, but once you get it melted, it'll be inside that stone. You still have to draw it or suck it back out, and that's the poultice, P-O-U-L-T-I-C-E, pult, draw that out just like an infection. Okay, thank you kindly. All right, Dee Dee, good luck. You're in the big leagues today. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye. We've got a couple of dandies. We've got uh, one that we had on first hour. The deck was, uh, the stain was, and put some stain on, and the color wasn't right. Could have been, you know, misformulation a little bit. Steve got into staining his deck and, you know, then decided he was going to do something else. My gosh, now he's got to strip it off. And now Dee Dee getting Skittles off of a new patio. Whoa, baby. Ho! Yeah, those Skittles are basically bubblegum stomped into the patio, whether concrete or stone, and I think Dee Dee said it was stone. So it's a big deal. Um, lots of things happening. Hey, we've got a few phone lines open, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Got a little bit of time here. Let's see what's happening here with Fred. Hey, Fred, Scott here. How can I help? Good day. A uh, little bit of a history. We've been in our house 48 years. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I joke and say the realtors don't like us. Um, we had insulation work done in 1980. Okay. And we have a storage room off of the second floor. That is, you know, it's a part of the second floor. Uh-huh. When they blew in the cellulose, they had two young men come 
and they filled that storage room from the area above with insulation. Okay. They spent hours, and I've got to get permission, I mean credit, and cleaned that room up completely. Okay. In the last three years, we've had a new roof put on. Mm-hmm. When they put the new roof on, they stripped the old roofing, and they discovered there needed to be uh, sheeting replaced. Okay. So, of course, they took out the old sheeting, and guess what? What? They left a huge hollow and did not fill that with insulation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they did a good roof. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking, I'm concerned about insulation. Yeah. Yeah, well, you have to go back and re-insulate, too. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, trade contractors have to do things like that to get their job done. But I would hope that halfway through the project, maybe they'd give you a heads up that, hey, we're, we're, you know, we're having to disturb this insulation while we're doing this work. No, no. They did not insulate there. Okay. When they filled the storage room with insulation, they quit. So my question is... Mm-hmm. Going back to 1980, do I go and get this firm and take them by the nap of their neck and bring them out here? Uh, This is a void to a bedroom on the east side of the house Uh that uh, if it acts as insulation at all, it's because it's enclosed. Mm -hmm. There's no cellulose in it. Okay. So what do I do with the contractor? Well, I would suggest go in uh, as a favor. There's no um, really contractual or warranty that would be left on 40 years later, uh, you know, or 38 years later. So you really don't have a legal um, thing. But on an ethical basis of, hey, you know, could you guys come out and help me on this? And can you add? But I mean, what was added in 1980, I would also revisit that, Fred. I would invite that same company out and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some insulation. I also have an issue with a room. Maybe you can help me on this. But I'd go out with an open hand rather than a closed fist on this one uh, and ask for human help. And a good company with ethics like that, you know, they'll, they'll stand up to it. Um, so I, I would do it with a smile instead of a frown. I think you'll do better. Okay. Well, uh it, it's our home is heated with gas hot water. Ah, nice. And the the void that is between the inside wall and the roof. Oh. I'm going to call it, our house is a Dutch colonial, so it looks like a barn. Sure, sure. And um, the heat to that room is in a dormer window that extends outside this uninsulated area. I see. So it is either too cool in the winter or it's too hot in the summer. Yeah. So, okay, I just, whether or not I should even try to work with him or if I should just tell him that I expect repair. Yeah, no, frankly, 
um, the design of the house, Dutch colonial, uh, there's some restrictions and limitations anyway, so it takes an extra effort. I'd just call them back and just say, hey, you guys were here in 1980. You know, I'm looking for, you know, if we opened up and just tell them the stories like, can you help me? What, you know, what does it take? And I suspect at that point, you're better off adding some insulation as well. It, uh, it, you know, you may revisit that attic, if you would, and just have them inspect and just say, can you make some recommendations and, and help me out and, and go from there? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lowe's. All right. Take care, Fred. Bye-bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Cam Weck. Some houses, I mean, I, I live in a house that was built in 1957. I love it. You know, but the energy efficiency of a 1957 home, you know, half century newer, we, we can make houses a whole lot tighter. However, the charm and the earthiness and the whole the way the house sits the lot, you know, I like the old bones. I like the old girl. You know, it's a beautiful house. But energy efficiency, limitation because it was just built back then. You know, so was the White House. Yeah, been a while. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. All right, back together. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Come on, you all know it. 436-7900-800-925. Yeah, see, you hear it. You hear it in your voice a little bit. 1120. Let's go right to the phone lines. We've got some great questions here. I suggest we go talk to Dan. Hey, Dan, Scott here. Happy Saturday. How can I help? I had a quick question. We just bought a different house, and it gets direct sunlight probably from about noontime all the way to the time the sun sets. And the front storm door and the front door, the handles get hot enough to where you almost burn yourself. Yeah. Would an awning be the answer to that problem? Uh, no? Yeah, usually awning or plantings, but shade is. And when you get afternoon sun, the uh, uh, color is what color are your doorknobs on there, Tan? They're like a like a gold colored, and the doors. Well, actually, it gets so hot that the the little wooden frame around the moon shaped window is kind of bowing. It's wooden, but it gets yeah. so hot it like melts almost. Do you have a storm door on there? Correct, and that absorbs the heat in there too. It seems like when you open that storm door, it feels like an oven in there. Well, that's the problem. You, uh, you have is this a steel door or a wood door? No, it's just an all glass. Oh, the inside door is a wooden door and the outside is an all glass storm door your storm door is actually making this worse so if you have air cooled solar heated doorknob your doorknob will get hot i mean but when you put a storm door on there and sometimes when you get an insulated steel door and a, a full glass storm door you can hit 250 i mean you can literally sear the skin off your hands on a door. Oh, yeah, it burns when you hold it. Part of the problem is that storm door. You pull that okay. storm door off, or the other thing you can do here, Dan, you're still, there. sometimes you vent the storm doors. I've seen storm doors installed with a, a little bit too short or uh, furred out to where the air behind the storm door, it wasn't so airtight, and it, and it ventilated a little bit. So if you make a hole, a vent, a gap somewhere up at the top, and I've even seen a little partial screen doors that left, you know, where it's all glass, but a little piece of screen showing at the top. Uh, you know, it, it will vent and let that 
uh, heat collect. You have a you have by definition and design a solar collector, and it can exceed 200 degrees in there. Uh, the other so that's number one is cool off that pocket of really really hot trapped air. And then number two, you may be able to put something on the glass itself that is reflective that drops the amount of solar gain or a little patch uh, around the doorknob. It looks kind of funky, but, you know, you can actually keep the sun, the direct sun off of that doorknob a little bit to where the total temperature of that air will be the temperature of the doorknob. But sometimes if you have a dark colored doorknob in the afternoon sun, that by itself uh, can get too hot. And I've seen people actually actually put, you know, little doorknob protectors like for children and infants, you know, just to protect the doorknob and cover it so it's a compressible thing from the outdoor entry of the house. Okay, and for, actually, we were thinking about it just for aesthetics. Would an awning work if we put one out there? Well, yeah, yeah, it yes, kind of, but it depends on the, the landscaping because when that sun comes down at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if it's west-facing, you know, your awning, it's, it's going to peek right underneath that awning, and that's when you need the front trees or the landscaping to stick up far enough or the neighbor's house, whatever it is, to give you a little shade. So awning, yes, but the awning basically brings the, when it, in the middle of the day when the sun's coming straight down, but we're getting into solar design now. When the sun drops down west facing low in the in the sky, like three o'clock till six o'clock, you know, an awning just tick, doesn't stick down far enough to uh, provide the shade because it'll. Okay, it'll, no, that's that's a good idea. Even a new storm door with probably with the piece of glass that goes down and it has a screen behind it. Would that work too? Yeah, as long as you get a little screen up at the very top you, where you just yeah. vent that cavity so you don't have so much solar gain. I mean, it is a solar collector is a dark insulated back panel with a clear um, trapped air uh, front panel to where you just, you know, that dark panel in the back absorbs enormous amounts of energy. Okay, well, thank you very much for the help. Yeah, good luck, Dan. I mean, it, it's important. You can hurt people with that, as you well know. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. Now let's see what's cooking here. Uh, how's, how's about Mark? Hey, Mark, Scott here. How can I help? Hey, Scott. Uh, love the program. Try to listen as often as possible. A couple of weeks ago, you were talking to someone about um, running a dehumidifier in the basement. Yeah. I basically, um, I've got a, an older home. It's about 60 years old, 1,500 square feet. I just, I mean, is it okay? I always just ran a dehumidifier constantly in the summer months, uh, nonstop, basically, down there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's no harm with that. Keep it set at, like, 45 or 50%. Uh, percent. Right. And, I mean, it, it constantly is, uh, I mean, I have to empty the thing daily, basically. And it's, yeah. it's one of those 50 pints or something. It's a good size. So that, there's no harm with doing that. Not a bit, not a bit. Okay. Frankly, here's what you're doing is you're running the air conditioner, which is a dehumidifier, right. but that's just cooling the air down. You're running a dehumidifier, drawing the moisture out, making that cool air even more comfortable in the house. So okay. on a house built 60 years ago, it was not watertight. I mean, there were not yeah. vapor barriers underneath the basement floor. There were, you know, that right. concrete inhales moisture. So right, you're right. absolutely doing the right thing. Also, okay. I turn on your furnace blower and just run your blower motor 24 hours a day. It also mix that air around and run more air past that dehumidifier. I would hook up okay. that dehumidifier to a hose that drains constantly on that. 
okay. uh, it, it's nice to know how much water comes out of your basement air, but still, man, yeah. I'll tell you what, you go away for three or four days, it's still nice to have that dehumidifier keep running. Right. One more question as far in relation to AC. Uh-huh. On the outside unit, on the compressor outside, uh-huh. uh, apparently I live in a neighborhood where I don't, I don't know where they are, but there must be a lot of cottonwoods <laughs> because they're, I just can't get over how much cotton, I guess it is, blows in the air. Yeah. What I've done in order to help uh, uh, minimize the blocking of the coils out there, I just took a, a, a patch or a section, an amount of window screening, and wrapped it around the outside of the unit. And then I go out there once a week, and literally it's covered in white from the cotton. When Obviously, you know, I keep it clean, but the window screening isn't slowing down or hurting the transfer of air to those coils when the screening is clean. Uh, sure it is. Sure oh, it is. is. It's, yeah. Yeah, the uh, free airspace, FAS, uh, you know, for example, in our world, when we put in soffit vents or ridge mm-hmm. vents or roof vents, there's what's called FAS, free airspace, and real dense screens don't have a lot. And, you know, screens uh, with one foot by one foot holes in them, you know, have right. very little restriction. So anyway, anything you put on outside that AC, when it's clean, will diminish that airflow probably by 20, 25%. So just really? know that, yeah. Uh, if you're going to do that, I would put it eight inches away from that whole uh, unit itself, trying to, you know, let limit Trip. the amount of blockage. But uh, yes, right. you are, and uh, uh, it's okay. a clever solution. I, typically, I would clean mine every uh, twice a week with a hose, just by spraying it down, trying to get that stuff off. Okay, because yeah, there's just an un- I just I couldn't believe how much cotton. Is getting sucked in on that window screening, and I'm thinking, well, you know, how how fast does that block up those coils? You know, yeah, some from transferring heat. Okay, very good. All right, thank you. All right, all right, bye, bye. Good idea. Good idea. Put screen over block the uh the fuzzies you know the cottonwood all the white stuff and even when it's not cottonwood there's enough dust and pollen and stuff that gets on the the coils of that ac giving it a good bath i mean imagine your car think of that that outside air conditioning condenser is just like your car made out of metal only it moves a lot more air past it what does your car look like if you only wash it once a year well, that's, that's your air conditioning condenser. And that's also directly related to how efficient or not efficient it is with the dirt and the heat transfer. So if, you know, they're blowing air past a dirty coil, you know, that's one thing. But if you're blowing air past a clean coil, you're transferring a lot more heat and cool in it and therefore gaining more efficiency. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned, I promise. We're finishing up in the next 15 minutes. More fun, good questions. X. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, having more fun than I should be allowed to do right here in a little room in the corner of the building. It's Scott Mosby. I've got 50,001 watts. We're cranking this stuff out. Hopefully answering the questions and improving your life. I enjoy do that. doing that. Uh, it feels good to come down here for a couple hours, help people out. You know, what's not to love? That's that's kind of fun. Feels good. Kind of who, who I am and how I'm made. So uh, let's see what's cooking and go to the phone lines and talk with Mark. Hey, Mark, Scott here. How can I help, my friend? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. 
Hey, a uh, question. Uh, our house has uh, Anderson windows with UV glass on the back of it. Okay. Uh, will I improve anything with that if I use, uh, we have no draperies, if I would put a tinted, uh, you know, the, the, the dark-colored uh, film on the outside of the glass? Uh, yeah, you would. I'm assuming I still get a lot of heat infiltration, even with the UV glass, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. UV glass uh, is a a dramatic, think of it as a semi-transparent ultraviolet reflector. So it's kind of a, uh, similar to a mirror. It reflects the ultraviolet light out. Uh, if you put a film over that, there's already a film on that UV. Uh, it still will work, but the UV coating is usually on the inside surface of the outside pane of glass. You follow where I'm putting that? Yes, sir. So the film that you put on the face of the glass uh, will actually increase that, but you would kind of, to some extent, neutralize the UV on the glass, which is not a thing. The problem is, if you need more of it, uh, you know, you need a a, a heavier, um, less transparent window film. And, you know, you, I think you're going about it the right way, frankly. Yeah, I'm mainly looking for keeping the heat out, and the UV protection doesn't do anything to keep the heat out, does it? Oh, a little bit. A little bit. It's a lot better than nothing. If, if we okay. took the UV off, uh, you would be surprised how different that would be. Your your whole, everything inside those rooms would be a different color. They would be pretty much bleached. Well, I know that, yeah. And it's a little bit of heat, um, too. So, it, uh, you know, don't under, when you don't know anything different, the benefits you've been getting for years, you know, are transparent. You just can't see them. So, yeah, you're getting good value from the UV, but it may not be enough, you know. Yeah, well, direct sunlight in the afternoon makes uh, makes everything pretty warm. It seems like now there are there are uh, screens that can go on. For example, uh, go out to Phoenix, go down to Florida, uh, go to uh, countries around the equator of the world. Uh, it's places where sun really cooks stuff. There are ways uh, that, but they're less attractive. You're going to put a kind of a black. Um, screen that limits the amount of flow of the sunlight getting to the glass. So you can do it with a film. You can do it with plant-on screens, um, you know, boats and RVs. And, you know, everybody covers stuff up to keep the sun fade from getting. So there are other things other than just that direct-apply glass film. Is there a good number that you can recommend for to eliminate a significant amount of heat infiltration? Uh, you have to see it. Uh, yeah, basically, if you nail wood over all that glass, you'll stop this. Well, well, you right. see, but I'm making my point. There, every right. film, even when you choose the window film, the film will work. But the ones that block more heat also block the visibility, and that's why UV is kind of a, a, a transparent. I mean, it's it's darker than no UV coating on a glass. But then you get into the films, you can block it, but you block how much you can see through it. So that's. Only you can decide how much is enough and not enough. Okay. You see what Thank I'm you. saying? So, yeah, you, yep. you, you physically have to be looking at it and hold the glass up and say, yeah, this one's good. No, that one's too dark. I can't see. Or, you know, and they'll tell you they have measurements of percentage of heat gain or law or sure. block. So you're doing it right. Okay. Thank you. All right, Mark, you're driving the bus. It has to be your decision, though. Thanks. All right. Bye. And let's see what's cooking here. See about Mike here. Hey, we first had Mark. Now we have Mike. Scott here. How can I help, my friend? Hi, Mike. Or, uh, 
I can be Mike. I was uh, calling about insulation. What do you think the best insulation? I have a house built in 1897. Oh, baby. Any insulation on a house that old, anything is good. (laughs) Yeah. Well... It, it it has insulation in the roof, but it's the kind that, I guess, blown in, and it's got the paper and then wire holding the paper up against the rafters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, any additional insulation, first off, Mike, um, is your attic vented? Are there vents and uh, air, you know, can the air get out of that trapped attic? No, actually, the upstairs had been refinished into three different rooms. Okay. So it's just... Uh, the attic part of it is all open. There's no venting at all. Okay. I, I would, um, uh, this is a really good, uh, a call, call our office. We'll refer a good insulation company, but a good insulation company will also get into attic ventilation because if they put all the best insulation, uh, but don't vent the attic and your attic hits 250 degrees because it, the hot air can't get out. It's just a big solar collector that, that heat will just drive right through their insulation. So, yeah, I think you need a little more than that um, for figuring it out. So, more insulation in the attic will be a benefit, but of equal benefit, and maybe even part of this is vent that attic. Make sure you have some way for the air to ventilate, especially on an old girl, you know, like 1800s, 1897. Man, that's a, that's a, uh, energy wasn't important back there. It was, but it wasn't thought about, so... No, you you no, need a you need a smart somebody to advise you on this one, and they need to be there looking at your house and the way the house is built and all of that. You've got you may have a house called balloon framing where the two by fours go from the basement all the way up to the attic, which is um, it's a fire trap because you, any th- any place you get a fire, that uh, balloon framing turns into a flu. So there's there are more issues going on than just how do I make this more energy efficient. Anyway, that was my second. I I just retired, and my second part of the question was: It still has sixty amp service in it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you fish the wire because it's got knob and tube wiring? How do you fish new wire? Frank, frankly, we typically leave the knob and tube alone and just add new wiring because if you go in and you start pulling out the knob and tube, you either abandon it or you just add to it. But generally, leave well enough alone. Uh, you have to inspect it. Also, with the insulation up in the attic, if you've got knob and tube, that has to be insulated or inspected by an electrician. Uh, it's a big deal. So just think of it as leave what's there alone and add what you need. So you will be in, in adding circuits every place and any place you want, but you can't connect any wires or, or mix those knob and tube circuits with the new uh, Romex or, or BX cable wire. Yeah, is, is there a... Well, I, I'm assuming the walls have fire breaks in them. It's the old lathing plaster. They may not. Walls. They may not. That's that's when you're 1800 balloon framing. They had big straight trees and they had 24 foot straight two by fours. And sometimes they went from the sole plate down on the foundation all the way up to the attic. Webster Groves, Kirkwood, those are those old houses are famous for that. We run into that all yeah, the time. It's, it's got big timber and it's pretty doggone solid. Yeah. I had a roof put on it a few years ago, and it's got a addition on the back, and the guy put the flat roof on it and put no flashing around the chimney, oh, no man. flashing up against the back wall. And wow. It was six months before we knew it, and the guy that had the roofing company, he died, and then yeah. can't get the other people to honor it. It's been a few years now, but it, it's leaked from... Mike, i got to go here. I'm running out of time. Got about five seconds. 
Okay, thank you very much. All right, good luck. Get uh, call our office. We'll get you an insulation company. All right. Will do. Thank you. Bye. Home Improvement, KMOX. Stay tuned.